In a world where sports rule the airways, there are two who dare to break from the norm. It's time for the Movie Zone, starring Austin Horton and Johnny Lightfoot. Now playing on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Happy Playoffs Week! It is the Movie Zone. I'm Austin. He's Johnny. What do you think of the new open? I think I like it. Do you know why? Why? Because I wrote it. (laughs) (laughs) Of course I like it. You didn't write it. I wrote it. Okay. Well, we wrote it. You composed it and I wrote it. Right. We we (laughs) wrote it together. It it was a collaboration. So if we put your name and my name together, are we, what are we, uh, Ostani? John Johnny Johniston, Hortfoot, Hortfoot, Hortfoot. <laughs> it's a Hortfoot production. It's better than foot. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 we don't go there. <laughs> or or uh, something light. Yeah, I like anyway. it though. I think it's cool. I think it. We needed a change, and bam, there it was. It just happened. All right. Well, it's good. It's kind of movie esque, and uh, shout out to our our guy that put that together. So thank you. All right, uh, we got a lot to talk about, including. Seven movies I put quote-unquote new after there because there is one that I didn't even know was made, never heard of it, but apparently it was made like a year ago and just was never in theaters until now. It was released on digital and now in the theaters. Was it good enough to make its way back to the theaters? Let's just say the kids liked it. Okay. And you know it's a real, it's an original idea. No one's ever done this before. Not once. Yeah, that's totally wrong. Yeah, uh, we've got a poll question all about mommies coming up in segment two. I saw that, and the reason for that is two or threefold. We'll tell you why when we when we come around to it. Uh, and uh, we've got a from the archives that I. Uh, surprised Johnny with a response to You totally surprised me with this, and I think it's kind of awesome that that was it, so, the way you saw it. So there you go. That's all the teases for today. That's it. Goodbye. Good night. <laughs> it is a playoff week here on uh, Ooh, The Zone. Oh, yeah, buddy. So we will air tonight, obviously. We're here. We're here. Uh, Saturday afternoon mm-hmm. and Sunday morning. That's right. Because the Jazz, unless they play at 8 a.m. Sunday, which I don't think is likely. But you never know with this year. In fact, I think the time came out. Maybe I missed it. But anyway, yeah, it's not going to be 8 a.m. So we will air, uh, obviously, tonight, Saturday afternoon and Sunday morning. Next week, I don't know. We'll see. It's all up in the air. And let's take a moment here to tease and recommend the... Listener, uh, write down, put it in your phone, save it. Our phone number is 855-340-ZONE, 855-340-ZONE. Why do you need that number? Not to call right now, but Johnny Lightfoot and myself, Austin Horton, or what what was our name? Hortfoot. Hortfoot. Uh, We will be resurrecting and bringing back the Jazz Playoff Overtime call-in show. I'm so excited. This is going to be your chance to call in and vent or (laughs) cheer or whatever you want after the Jazz's wins or losses. So uh, after the playoff games go final, there will be the traditional post-game show with Jake Scott and Tim Lacombe. Correct. And then you and I will take over the airwaves. And the rule with the Jazz Playoff Overtime Show is it stays on air until the calls stop. Didn't a couple years ago you guys go to like 2 a.m. one time? Later than that. I got home at 4.30. I love it. Yeah. 
and then had the show yeah. uh, that started at 10 a.m. It's so. going to be a lot of fun when we do that and I have a remote at 8 a.m. <laughs> it is. But you're used to that. You you lived a rock-style life. Look, that's the musician lifestyle. <laughs> that's exactly so I'm, I'm used to it. So uh, make sure you tune in and please call in and share with us on that show. We're very, very excited for its return. All right, uh, let's get into the movies, Johnny Lightfoot. The Movie Zone Movie Showdown last weekend was your responsibility. That's right. And you went with what? I went with Raising Arizona versus Fargo. A couple of Cohen joints. Cohen brother movies that are on opposite ends. Yeah, very much so. Very opposite ends. Yeah, one is, you know, one is, they're both good movies, but one... You would you would see you could see someone not knowing that one of them was a Cohen brother movie maybe oh for sure yeah and I would probably call that Fargo oh no that's not the right one <laughs> you the know Arizona what? one it's probably and this is debatable but this is probably Nicholas's Cage Nicholas Cage's best movie would you agree with that uh, I mean. The National Treasures, I know, are up on high on your list, but the... Uh, I'm one of those weird freaks that loves Con Face Air. Off. Con Air? And Con Air. I actually yeah. like them, too. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. They're kind of fun. But for the uh, the mainstream movie watcher, yeah, this is one you can stomach a little better with Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Hi, H-I. What about... I didn't see Hi. Hi, H-I. That's his name in it. In oh, yeah. Arizona. Hi, H-I. What is that movie? What about uh, the one where he wins the lottery? Uh, the rom-com back in the day. For better or worse? No, what's it called? I skipped that one. Oh, come on. I totally skipped that one. Nick Cage lottery movie. I have no idea. It could happen to you. Oh, see, I skipped it. Rosie Rivera. Anyway. I was not a huge Rivera. (laughs) Rosie Rivera, not the sheriff. (laughs) Here in Salt Lake, Rosie Perez. I got to be honest, I skipped a lot of Nicolas Cage movies after the face-off and Con Air stuff. They were fun, and uh, then they got a lot of bad press. I think this was before those, but anyway, nevertheless. Are you sure? No, I'm not sure. I'm not sure at all. But anywho, uh, Nick Cage, he does it for some people. He doesn't do it for others. That's true. So Raising Arizona versus Fargo, who won? Well, it was closer than it's been in the past. Uh, We got up to 56% versus 44% for Raising Arizona. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Honestly, I thought Fargo would win. The Arizona Quints win. Remember that's what they called the kids? Oh, yeah. Hello, come on, McFly, stick with me, McFly. Are you here? Are you here? Yeah. Uh, Okay, so there you go. Movie Zone, Movie Showdown this week. Uh, Next week, like we mentioned a moment ago, we'll have a Jazz playoff game in the books Sunday night. So I don't know what we'll go with, but we'll figure something out. We'll see. Sounds good. All right, seven new movies, uh, technically, at the theaters this week, one of which is not new, but new to the theaters. Let's start with that one just to get it out of the way. You want to start with that? Why not? You want me to do it? Or you because want to do it? no one's ever done this before, as I mentioned, and I'm really excited to see how it comes to the big screen. Okay. The name of the movie is Scoob. <laughs> do we need more Scooby-Doo movies? Aren't we? Aren't we done with this? All right. PG animation, starring Scooby-Doo as himself. I don't know how they got him. He's he's. Not cheap. Uh, Will Forte as Shaggy, Zach Efron as Fred, yep. Amanda Seyfried as Daphne, Gina Rodriguez as Velma, Mark Wahlberg as Blue Falcon, Jason Isaacs as Dick Dastardly, Ken Jeong as Dynamut, uh, Dynamut, and Tracy Morgan as Captain Caveman. Scooby and the gang, <laughs> zoinks, <laughs> face their most challenging mystery ever, a plot to unleash the ghost dog Cerberus upon the world. 
Ruh-roh. As they race to stop this dog apocalypse. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the gang discovers that Scooby has an epic destiny greater than anyone imagined. This is vomit on the big screen, but it's finally coming to theaters for the first time. They no one knows why, but it's coming to the theaters. Look, for lack of a pun, they should have just let it die. You know, just <laughs> let it go out on digital and call it good. Because you know what? That's where the majority of the people who are going to see it already saw it. The kids. As Scotty G always says, you should have all yellered. Yes. Scooby Doo. Yes. One hundred percent or or for the modern for the more current people, Marley and me. Oh no, that's not cool. That way he died of natural causes. It's the same result. Uh, the old yeller had to be shot in the yes. eyes. Yes, he did. Because of rabies. All right, so you go. Scoob. <laughs> Scoob is in the theaters. Get your tickets now before they sell out. No. <laughs> I, right. I'm sorry. Tell I, me more about Dream Horse then. No. Why? You're not no. excited about this one? No, I'm not excited about this one. I watched the trailer for this, and I think I fell asleep. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. This right. is Dream Horse, a rated PG biography comedy drama starring Tori Collette and Damian Lewis. The film tells the inspiring true story of Dream Alliance, an unlikely racehorse bred by small-town Welsh bartender Jan Vokes. Did I say that right? I believe I it's so. Jan Vokes, but whatever. Okay, yeah. sure. <laughs> then spell it how... Don't spell it like Jan. Go ahead. With very little money and no experience, Jan... Jan. Jan convinces her... Jan. <laughs> don't know. Convinces her neighbors to chip in their meager earnings to help raise Dream in the hopes that he can compete with the racing elites. The group's investment pays off as Dream rises through the ranks with the, with grit and determination and goes on to race in the Welsh Grand National Showing, the heart of a true champion. Boo! You have no interest in a horse I, movie. I, you know... Did you see Sea Biscuit? Yes, and so you don't need to see this one. Did you see War Horse? Yes, I even saw the Black Stallion. Oh, that, yeah, 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 yeah. What about Black Beauty? Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, like Scooby-Doo, we've had enough horse movies. <sighs> but hey, if you want to feel good, this is your movie. Also coming out this week is a PG-13 faith-based drama. I should have made you read this one. <laughs> yeah. Called Counter Column, starring Chris Gonzalez and Nathan Andrew Haidt. Nathan Andrew Haidt. I know him. Is he from the Book of Mormon musical? You're asking the wrong guy. Uh, growing up on the inner city streets of San Antonio, Anthony Mendoza watches as his life of drug dealing spirals out of control. In an attempt to escape, he joins the army, only to clash with Chris Wright. Not our friend Chris Wright from <laughs> last week's <laughs> no, I episode. I knew you were going to say that, too. That's funny. Uh, a hard-headed Christian determined to share his faith despite persecution. As Mendoza intentionally makes Wright's wife or wife Wright's life miserable, he braces himself for retaliation that never comes. Despite the army transforming him on the outside, Mendoza continues to resist any change on the inside. World's longest synopsis ever. However, yep. Wright's response to tragedy turns everything around. This is a PG-13 lifetime movie. So Surprising, when I watched this trailer, it reminded me a little bit of Full Metal Jacket. Yeah, I know. You're looking at me like, Faith what? Faith-based? Faith-based Full Metal Jacket? Now, let me explain. You're crazy. Because he's You go- just want it to remind you of Full Metal Jacket. <laughs> <laughs> the trailer, they're going through boot camp, uh-huh. and it doesn't look fun. No? Okay. And 
Full Metal Jacket, the best part of that movie is the boot camp. Am I right or am I right about that? I mean, the back half is great, but everyone loves to watch the first half of that Yeah, movie. sure. Okay. And so it kind of reminded me of that. So counter column. Mm. So far, I think we're over three. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Tell me about Final Account. Final Account, a PG-13 documentary. Here we go. An urgent portrait of the last living generation of Hitler's Third Reich in never-before-seen interviews raised vital questions about authority, conformity, national identity, and their own roles in the greatest human crimes in history. Did we hit 0 for 4? No. Well, Oh, my gosh. So this is—these are people who were part of Hitler's— regime or did they live in germany at the time these were children oh my god during gosh. this time and now are a lot older oh my god and it's their stories and accounts the, the the innocent who had no part and no influence at all and had no lived idea during that time this will be this will not be a fun time at the movies but it will be an important time I, i'll see this one this, you know I'm documentary guy. You know, know I'm World War II guy. I know. This is real stuff. I, I, I would love to see this viewpoint of that tragic This uh, will be Gordon Monson's favorite Christmas movie of 2021. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. A rated R mystery crime drama is called The Dry, starring, yes, he's still with us, Eric Bana. Who, yeah. Who knew he was still around? Genevieve O'Reilly. Uh, who you know as Mon Mothma from Rogue One. Federal agent Aaron Falk, not the Utah Jazz reporter Aaron Falk. Federal agent Aaron Falk returns to his hometown after an absence of over 20 years to attend the funeral of his childhood friend Luke, who allegedly, sadly, killed his wife and child before taking his own life, a victim of the madness that has ravaged his community after more than a decade of drought. When Falk reluctantly agrees to stay and investigate the crime, he opens an old wound, the death of 17-year-old Ellie Deacon. Falk begins to suspect these two crimes, separated by decades, are connected. As he struggles to prove not only Luke's innocence, but also his own, Falk finds himself pitted against the prejudice towards him and pent-up rage of a terrified community. I love that you got both the super long synapses. Yeah, synopses. Come on. Oh, please. right. I'm sorry. Please, Professor. Yes. Uh, this is. This sounds like a good family film. Yeah. Sure. If your family uh, lives in prison. Right. But it is. I find it fascinating. It should be interesting. It could. It could be very good. And I'm enthralled by the fact that Aaron Falk and Luke are in this, and that's Aaron and Luke Falk right here in Salt Lake City. Right. Uh, they're, they're brothers. That's two movies in this. wonder if they know about this. That's two movies in this that have referenced Utah people. What was the first one? Chris Wright. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So. There you yeah, go. So far, we're not doing so well. Tell me, though, about American Fighter. American Fighter, a rated R action biography starring one of my favorite actors, Tommy Flanagan, George Kostroas, and Sean Patrick Flannery. Who's Sean Patrick Flannery? I know that name. Um, I know Tommy Flanagan from uh, uh, Sons of Anarchy. Sons of Anarchy. He was in Gladiator. Gladiator. Yeah. yeah. He's also He's in... He's got the scars on his face and correct. on the cheeks. Correct. Yeah. Correct. So, uh, American Fighter. Desperate for cash to save his deathly ill mother, college wrestler, 
Ollie enters the hidden world of underground fighting. Ollie shows promise, but he lacks skills and gets beaten bloody. Duke, a troubled handler, takes pity on the boy and trains him to be a fierce competitor. But is it enough to make Ollie a winner? Okay. Um, Immediately, I think I've seen this movie a hundred times. Of course. But I honestly really want to see it. This is a story that's been told over and over and over. It's it's not going to be a fresh take on an under, underdog fighter. You know what this sounds like? Rocky. Or Warrior. Or, or Rocky 2. Fighter. Or Rocky 9. Right. Thousand. <laughs> All of them. But Tommy Flanagan, Love Sean him. Patrick Flannery, and George Katsuris, this will be a very well-acted film, and I think a lot of people will like it. I will agree with that. Finally... A rated R drama called New Order, starring Diego Boneta, Monica Del Carmen, and Nayan Gonzalez Norvind. Oh, I'm glad you read that one. I would have butchered those. In 2021, the gap between social classes in Mexico is, ex- is increasingly marked. A high society wedding is interrupted by a group of armed and violent rioters who are part of an even larger uprising of the underprivileged and take the participants as hostages. The Mexican army uses the disorder caused by the riots to establish a military dictatorship in the country. Yeah. Now, I watched the trailer for this, Austin, and this looks intense. You don't say. Yeah. Um, Oh, yeah. Like, we're showing a wedding, and the... I am the captain. He's not the... Well, let's just call him the captain. Oh, the captain. captain. He yeah. shows up and just covered in blood. Oh, God. And he's at the wedding with his uh, crew. Well, uh, yeah, it won't be a feel-good movie. No. But it, it, and it, while it is a fictional tale, there's a lot of truth in our modern-day life right now around the world and on these shores that could fit into this movie. The underprivileged having enough of it and rising up? Just saying... That, that 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 we're, you know, the French Revolution or all nine of them. Sure, we're there almost in a lot of ways, and this movie is another example. And then finally, yes, continuing at Megaplex theaters, leading up to Fast and the Furious Nine coming out next month. That's right. You have Fast Fridays. We're up to Fast and the Furious Four, or just Fast and Furious, which is yeah, or Fast Furious, Fast and Furious. So the first one is the Fast and the Furious. Correct. This one is Fast and Furious. Fast and Furious. Confusing. They're not very well named. Yeah. No. But you can uh, get that for free. You can take the family for free to select Megaplex locations while tickets last. Get on MegaplexTheaters.com and enjoy that Fast and Furious every Friday, Fast Fridays, leading up to that new release coming up next month. So seven new movies, Johnny, and... A couple that have an eyebrow raise and I think could be quietly good movies at the theaters, but mostly this is a throwaway week. I would agree with that. Um, There is some good ones, though. There is definitely some good ones, and Scoob is not one of them. No, Scoob is not one of them. Uh, You don't think Dream Horse will be Mm -hmm. one of them. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I'm not into Counter Column. But Final Account, the documentary about the living generation who lived in Germany during World War II... Uh, the Dry, the mystery crime drama, American Fighter, and New Order—they could have—they could be fun popcorn movies. Uh, not necessarily fun, but worth your time. So some For sleepers. Sure. We'll see. But let me tell you something, Austin. There is some good news. Uh, Marvel, the MCU, 
has finally released dates of their movies that they have pushed back for all during the pandemic. Okay. And I'll tell you, there's 11 of them. This year? No. Oh. This is from 2021, uh, July of 2021 to 2023 May. Okay. We've got Black Widow coming out July 9th, 2021. Finally, yeah. Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, September 3rd, 2021. The Eternals, November 5th, 2021. And the final movie of 2021, Spider-Man No Way Home. No Way Home, okay. Yes, December 17th. So we've got one, two, three, four Marvel movies still to come this year alone. Wow. Then starting in uh, 2022, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of the Madness, that will be March 25th. Thor, Love and Thunder on May 6th. I'm really excited for that. Love and Thunder. Yes. (laughs) Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, July 8th. The Marvels, November 11th. We're uh, still in 2022 here. Then finally, we jump into 2023, February 17th with Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. Then Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, May 5th, Mm. and then the big one, Fantastic Four. Mm, Finally, the big one? Finally coming to the MCU and will be done correctly. You think so? Nope, but they're going to (laughs) try. Will Jessica Alba be involved? Nope. (laughs) Who played the Silver Surfer? Oh, it was uh, uh, the Matrix guy. No, Keanu Reeves? No, the other Matrix guy. Morpheus. Oh, Lawrence are Fishburne. Sh- are you sure? He voiced him. Yes. Oh, okay, but yes. he didn't. He didn't act. No, I think. Surfer. I think. I think the acting was uh, CGI. Of the Silver Surfer. Yes. Oh well, maybe we're thinking of two different versions of the Fantastic Four. Probably because there's been three or four. Of them. I'm thinking of the one with uh, uh, with with Jessica Alba in it and Captain America as Johnny in that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it's not worth your time. The old ones. Maybe the new one will be. We'll have to wait two and a half years to see. If history says anything like Spider-Man, it will be. (laughs) All right. Hey, coming up next, uh, we've got a poll question this week, so let's launch that now. Hop on Twitter. He's at JohnnyLightfoot1. I'm at Austin Horton. The station is at Zone Sports Net. We missed Mother's Day here on the show. We did. We did. And next week, there's a movie coming out that involves a mother fighting off nasty alien monsters. So I wanted to know... When you think of movies and moms, or your mom and movies, or movie moms, what comes to mind? What movies do you think of when you think of moms? Mm. At John Lightfoot one at Austin Horton, we'll get to your responses. Coming up on the other side, as well as a uh, lesson in music history, as we give you the soundtrack. Up next, here on The Movie Zone. You're locked on to the Movie Zone on 97.5-1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Does this song want to get you arrested? Want to, the song wants to get me arrested or no. does it make me want to get arrested? Both. <laughs> why? Because it's the police. Oh, why? I walked right into that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Hello. I was like, message in a bottle? What does that have to do with I know, arrested? It's the police. Oh, my gosh. I know. I know. Sorry. Uh, a better band than their name suggests. A much better band than their name suggests. And I'm going to tell you why. So Austin. the police is our soundtrack of the week? They are. The Police were an English rock band formed in London, England in 1977. You sound like you're from London. (laughs) (laughs) Consisting of primary songwriter Sting, Andy Summers, 
and Stuart Copeland. The police became, glo- became globally popular in the late 1970s and early 80s, emerging in the British New Wave scene when they played a style of rock influenced by punk, reggae, and jazz. Oh. I know, I love that, right? Little little change from the norm. Austin, the police sold over 75 million records, making them one of the best-selling bands of all time. The band won a number of music awards, including six Grammy Awards. Uh, They won two Brit Awards, including Best British Group and an MTV Video Music Awards in 2000. And in 2003, they were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Four of their five studio albums appeared on Rolling Stone's list of the 500 greatest albums of all time. And the band were included among both Rolling Stone's and VH1's list of the 100 greatest artists of all time. Four of five records? Hmm. Wow. That's pretty good. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm going to kind of skip over their, their stuff. Let's just talk about, you know, when the 1978 Roxanne came out and all their other stuff. Let's get to their final studio album, Synchronicity, which was in 1983. Their final album. Kind of sad, huh? 1983? I wasn't even born. Nope. Nope. They were left. They were from 77 to 83. Tells you, that tells you how good they are, though, that in just six years, they did their a lot. songs are still on the airwaves. I know. And used in movies and all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Uh, Synchronicity, 1983, was number one in the UK, Canada, Australia, and Italy, and the US, so selling over 8 million copies with its massive song, Every Breath You Take. Their worst song. Sure, but their biggest as far as hits go. Everyone knows that song. It was even, uh, it was even sampled uh, you know, just recently in music. Yeah, but it's terrible. Yes, it's true. It's probably not. <laughs> it's, but it's called the stalker song. Is right. What it is, a lot yeah. of people thought it was a love song. And nah, then you, not a chance. But then you listen to those lyrics. It's a it's a serial killer song. It's like for Jack sure. the Ripper. I don't, yeah. Well, one of the reasons I wanted to bring up the police, Sting, or also known as Gordon Sumner's, has had an extremely successful career after leaving the police. Now the other two, Andy Sumner's and Stuart Copeland, have become film scorers slash writers of music for films, including Andy Summers did 1986's Down and Out in Beverly Hills, 1989 Weekend at Bernie's, <laughs> 1995 Copycat, and 2003's The Medallion. <laughs> and let's not forget about Stuart Copeland. He did 1983's Rumblefish, 1991 The Highlander 2, 1999 South Park The Movie. Ah. And 2000's The Boiler Room. Now, not necessarily scored it, but they had major contributions to, like, writing original music for the soundtracks themselves. That's cool. Uh, I had no idea that Gordon Sting, Sumner's brother, was in the band. I know. That, that's, Isn't I that no amazing? Idea. Yeah. Do you know he was an English teacher? Which one? Uh, Sting? Sting. Well, Gordon. Yeah. Gordon Sumner. Hmm. I know he was on Friends. Was he on Friends? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh uh, what's their name? Uh, Monica, Rachel, Rachel, and uh, Phoebe. Phoebe uh, have a crush on him, and they fight over. He, their kid goes to school with his kid, or some garbage stuff. Anyway, uh, the police. The police. Why did they? Why do you have any idea why they chose the police as their name? I have no idea. Wouldn't Sting and the Stingers been even better? <laughs> so. Shouldn't have asked. Sting and the Stingers. Come on now. (laughs) That was pretty good. Yeah. After the band broke up in 1983, do you think Sting should have changed his name to Stung? (laughs) Oh, why did I laugh so hard? (laughs) I know. I'm sorry. Dad joke. 
All right. Uh, dad joke is one letter away from what it really is. Yeah. Bad joke. Yeah. All right. There you go. Soundtrack of the week. And this week in music history, The Police. Uh, what is your favorite police song? Boy, uh, I actually like... I like that one we just played. I like Synchronicity. All right. Two. I think a Synchronicity 2 is the more the one I like better. There was two Synchronicities, one and then part two. And Anyway, it's confusing. Just like his name. Yeah. I think the one we'll play coming into segment three is my favorite. Yeah. Yeah, I think so, too. All right. Well, uh, let's get into our poll question of the week. My mother loves that song by Sting, Fields of Barley. <laughs> I can't stand it. Are you serious? Yeah. Are you joking? No, I do not like it. Fields of Gold. Or Fields of Gold. <laughs> he said barley. He talks about barley in the song. Sure, but it's not. On the fields of barley. A beer and walk through fields of gold. Yeah, yeah, fields of gold. Well, it's barley a- is in there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, but I don't like that song. She likes it. So that plays into our poll question this week. What movie reminds you of your mum? What movie mom is your favorite? What are some movies about mums? Take it and run with it. This is to go back and celebrate Mother's Day a couple yes. weeks ago and also preview A Quiet Place 2 I know. coming out next week. And I'm not horror film guy. No, but these are good. But that one I'm probably going to see. These are good. So we'll talk about that next week. All right. On Twitter, at Austin Horton, at Johnny Lightfoot1, at Zone Sports Net. Roger says, uh, movies that remind me of my mom, Space Camp and The Secret of Nim. Whoa, I don't know that. The Secret of Nim? No. The cartoon? I do not know that. Oh, you would like it. Favorite movie mom, he says, is Mrs. Mitchell from Dennis the Menace, 1993, which is Leah Thompson. Was that also uh, uh, Walter Mathile? Yep. Yes. Uh, movies about moms, he said, I'll have to get back to you on that one. Hmm. All right, Roger, we're waiting. Okay. Larry Tassoni, our guy at Megaplex, film buyer, says, The Blind Side has a really kick-ass mom. Stepmom is a tearjerker of a mom movie. That it is. That, yes. That's a real movie. That's, yes. Brave has a great mother-daughter story in a rare Disney film that doesn't kill a parent. True, <laughs> it's very rare. I hadn't thought of that. No, even all the way since Bambi, they've killed a parent. Uh, that's right. And Bad Moms is just hilarious. I agree. But then some rascal named Johnny Lightfoot said, "How could you not mention throw Mama from the train?" <laughs> LOL. <laughs> Logan says Molly Weasley is the perfect mom. Oh, okay. I, yeah, I couldn't you're tell not, you. You're not a Potter fan. Nope. But uh, I'm a fan of Jeremy Potter. Jeremy Potter's great. Our engineer. You're, you're not a fan of Harry Potter, his brother. <laughs> and uh, I'll tell you what, she's a good mom. This may sound weird, says BYU freak, but it's forget Paris. My mom took me because it was supposed to be about basketball refs. Well, it was a little bit. Billy Crystal. I love the line where it was, he was a. It was a rom-com where he yeah. happens to be an NBA referee for like six minutes in the movie. My favorite line, though, is when he walks up to Muggsy Bogues and says, finally, someone around here I can talk to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Robert says, one of my all-time faves is the wife in Field of Dreams. Ooh, oh, interesting. what is her name? Redhead. She's a redhead. I also like Maria from The Sound of Music, played by the incredible Julie Andrews. And Spry Ute said, at first I thought you meant Maria from West Side Story, and I was all WTF. <laughs> She's not a mom. And then finally, Spry Ute has Throw Mama from the Train in there. Yes. There you go. With Billy Crystal and that woman from Goonies. 
Those are her only two movies. I think she, wasn't she the Where's the Beef Lady? Is she really? No, she, she kind of looks like. I her. know. All right, so there you go. There's some mom movies. Uh, I will tell you, there's a list at Glamour.com. 15 movies to watch with your mom. Let's go through those real quick. Sure, I'll, I'll cruise right through them. Well, uh, number one, Roman Holiday. It's a Audrey Hepburn and Gregory Peck mm-hmm. movie. Mm-hmm. Number two, Minari. Just from last year, won an Oscar last year. Uh, number three, Freaky Friday with uh, Lindsay Lohan and Jamie Lee Curtis. Number four, Monster in Law. Whatever you do, don't see that movie. Jennifer Lopez and uh, Fonda. Jane, yeah, Jane I, Fonda. I saw Awful that movie. movie. Yeah, I saw that. It was. It was. <sighs> I'd rather f- watch Scoob. Number five, 2019's Little Women with uh, uh, Meryl Streep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got The Lovebirds from 2020. With uh, what's that guy Ninjari, Kumal Ninjari from the the Big Sick, number seven. Oh. You've got mail. Is there a mom in that? Oh yeah, no. It's just saying to watch this with your mom. Oh, with your mom. Okay. Number eight, Stranger Than Fiction. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, movie. that's a good one. Number nine, The Devil Wears Prada. Yeah. Number ten, Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> number eleven, Mulan, the original, the animation. I never saw that one still. Number 12, Spy. I never saw that. Mm. Number 13, The Joy Luck Club. Never saw that. Number 14, Last Holiday. Yes. And number 15, movie to watch with your mom, just from 2017. And I agree, it is a good mom-daughter movie for sure, but just a good movie to watch with your mom as well. It's called Lady Bird. Oh, yeah. With Shersha Ronan and uh, Laurie Metcalf. She has a great accent. Sheriff Ronan? Yes. Absolutely. Yep. All right. Coming up next, we'll get into the archives. We'll reveal my favorite song by The Police because it's also the name of the movie we're going to talk about. Oh, you gave it away. <laughs> There's a big old fat, <laughs> long hint as plain as the nose uh, on your face. <laughs> right. Coming up next here on The Movie Zone. You're locked on to The Movie Zone. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Final segment this week here on The Movie Zone. Johnny, I'm Austin. Uh, you, I just blew your mind. This is my favorite I know. song by the police. What's but your favorite version? The one in Moulin Rouge. In Moulin Rouge. And you don't remember it. I don't. Is the, it the animated one? There's not an animated Mulan Rouge. Oh, I was thinking of Mulan. You are, you are a crazy, crazy wow. person. Hold on. Let me check back into the show from the commercials. Hold on. <laughs> okay. Hi, I'm back. <laughs> no, Nicole Kidman, Ewan McGregor, right. Mulan Rouge, Baz right. Luhrmann. I know what you're talking about All right. now. All right. That was a great movie. <laughs> and, and he sings, the guy that sings Roxanne with the gravelly voice. Roxanne. I liked it when Eddie Murphy did it in Trading Places. Okay. Yeah, that's good. Uh, but anywho, that's my, this is my favorite police song, and the police is our soundtrack of the weekend lesson in music history. Now, Johnny, before we get into from the archives, where mm-hmm. we're going to talk about the first Steve Martin movie I ever saw. Wow. Roxanne. It still blows me away. Uh, I, I want to give you a surprise real quick. Okay, I'm ready. I've been holding on to this for, let's see, I put this on our dock, March of 2020. Wow. So it's been a while that I've been holding on to this one. 11 famous movie characters who, or excuse me, 11 famous movies that fired their stars in the middle of the movie. 
Wow. And and reshot it all. Okay. Uh, and reshot it all, like yep. started over. Yep. Okay. Did you ever see Demolition Man? I did. With uh, that's with Sylvester Stallone and Wesley Snipes. Sandra Bullock. Sandra Bullock. Yes. Well, did you ever see uh, 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 Point Break? Yes, with Keanu, not Keanu. Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Yeah, it is Keanu. Yeah. And Lori Petty, who and plays his love interest, the girl. Yes. In, and she's in a League of Their Own. Correct. She was going to play the character that Sandra Bullock played. In Demolition oh, Man. I could they see They fired that. her halfway through and reshot her with no Sandra. No way. Nope. I see, I could see it. That would make sense. Julianne Moore was fired from Can You Ever Forgive Me, the movie where uh, uh, Melissa McCarthy plays It's a True Life Story, the, the forger. She plays a, a lady that makes up a whole bunch of stuff. Well, it was originally Julianne Moore. They fired her and gave it to Melissa McCarthy. Okay, okay. Colin Firth was originally cast as the voice of everyone's favorite Peruvian bear, Paddington, and had actually recorded all of his lines when it was decided he wasn't right. Wow. Nicole Kidman was the original star of Panic Room, got replaced by Jodie Whoa, Foster. That that's a totally different movie. Yep. So there you go. Some uh, character, some movies that fired their stars. So do you think? Through. Do you think Colin Firth still got paid for voicing the entire movie? I don't know how they can't pay him for right. doing his job. Yeah, but it's just weird to think about that. He that, doesn't get any box office royalties. He gets no, yeah, hopefully. So did he take a, a lump pay? Right. Or did he say, hey, I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to wait and cash in at the box office? Well, hopefully he did the first one. Yeah, yeah, hopefully. Yeah. Yes. All right, so there you go. A little surprise. That, for I like that. I had no idea that's been on the dock for over a year. So now that I've surprised you with some movie facts, why don't you surprise us with some facts Known and little known about 1993's Roxanne, Roxanne which is a takeoff of Cyrano de Bergiac. That's right. Yeah. I'm very good, Austin. Classic literature I over here. I am very. An English major right that here. That was the second surprise of the show right there. <laughs> All right. And this is the first Steve Martin movie I ever saw. I know. And that blows me away, too. <laughs> Un- unbelievable. I was only six or eight. Yeah, anyway. Roxanne, written by Edmund Rostand and Steve Martin, starring Steve Martin, Daryl Hannah, Shelley Duvall, Fred Willard, and Damon Wayans, with a lot of other people in there. Yeah. Rated PG, a runtime of 107 minutes, which is an hour and 47 minutes, a budget of $12 million, and a worldwide gross of $40 million. Rotten Tomatoes gives it an 88% critics and only a 63% fans. I find that a little low, fans. Come on. What's so the going critics on? like it at what? 88? 88, and wow. the fans gave it a 63. That's weird. Okay. Yeah, kind of weird. I'd give this an 8 out of 10. But Absolutely. Whatever. So, in a radio interview, Steve Martin said about his role in Roxanne that this was the first time he felt respected in a film role film role as opposed to being recognized for his celebrity as a one-time stand-up comedian okay yeah this was like his first foray as an actor yes yeah and he first time he felt respected instead of just oh that's that comedian tell us a joke chuckles right Mm -hmm. well when cd which was steve martin's uh character is consulting the plastic surgeon you remember this scene austin about getting the nose job he holds a picture up of a nose that he wants beside his nose remember he's holding it he goes something like this would be Perfect. Yeah. Uh-huh. That photo, 
is his real nose. Is it really? That is Steve Martin's real nose, yes. <laughs> well, while wearing the false nose, Steve Martin was often greeted with the phrase, nice nose. <laughs> One day between scenes, he had to use the lavatory in a bar, and on the way across the room, he passed a group of bikers. Stealing himself from the usual greeting, he was delighted to hear one of the bikers ask, why the long face? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I don't funny. know if I believe that, but that's funny. I don't know. <laughs> it sounds like Steve Martin made that up. He might have, <laughs> but, you know. My favorite scene in this is when CD is challenged to think of 20 better jokes than Big Nose. One of them. He had to have ad-libbed that, don't you think? I think he did a yeah. lot of it. However, one of them, you must have the little birdies. <laughs> you must love the little birdies that you give them a place to perch on. Yes. Is taken directly from the original scene in? Cerno de Bergiac. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> by Edmond Rostand, by the way. What is that? Edmund Rostand. Oh, right, 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 right. Another one of those lines is also one of the insults that CD comes up with. Your nose was on time, but you were 15 minutes late. (laughs) That is also from... Cyrano de Bergia. That's correct. So he actually took some things from that. It's a very funny play. Is it really? It's yeah. an early, what is it, uh, 18s? Yes. Uh, well, 1897 to be exact. Yeah, I think it was 19th century. So Yeah, yeah 1897 to be exact. And by the way, Sergio uh, de Bergiac, is that how you say it? De Bergiac, yeah. Is the same uh, same initials as Cyril. You know, CD, CD. Yeah. CD, get it? That's CD? why they named him CD in the movie. Correct. There's also a, a movie version of it starring... Uh, 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 Gerard Depadu. Oh, really? Yeah. French version? Yeah, it's in French. Yes. Yeah, with subtitles. It's great. Well, technology led an important hand in providing Steve Martin with the imposing legendary prosthetic. What do we call it? Prosthetic? Prosthetic. prosthetic yes. yes. Designed by makeup designer Michael Westmore, very famous one, by the way. A, a specific lab made plaster impressions of Martin's own nose, then sculpted into like the appropriate larger version. You know what I'm saying? Yes, okay. So yeah, they yeah. took his nose and just made it bigger. Then that was cast into a mold which they were made a supply of foam rubber noses. At least one a day was used for filming. Some days they used more than one. When they applied the, with it was applied with spirit gum, edges feathered with rubber and blended with Martin's other facial makeup, and makeup artist Frank said for Steve Martin, he's um, Steve Martin's makeup artist, he said, this was, in some ways, one of the most difficult jobs I've ever done because we had to match the skin color with the very surround, with very little surrounding makeup to blend into. So basically, you look at that nose, they tried to make it as real as they could back in that time. If it was today's version, we would have just put a green screen on his nose and, and CGI'd it right on. Yeah, which makes you really appreciate it. Correct. It, it does, you know, it looks out of place and it looks like it's movie magic, but it is movie magic. It's not computer magic. Correct. Correct. It's we got time cool. for about one more. Well, in the beginning of the movie, we see two guys carrying their skis that give Charlie, which is Steve Martin's character, a hard time just because of his nose. The taller, darker-haired man is Kevin Nealon from Saturday Night Live. That is his on-screen <sighs> debut. Blew my mind just now. I know. I'm going to have to go rewatch that. It's been like 20 years since I saw this movie. So. This is an every-year movie for me. Is it really? Yeah, I, I love this movie. I laugh in this movie. Uh, Better Daryl Hannah movie, this or Splash? Ooh. 
Probably I, I Splash. Say, I say this. I would say Splash because it was more popular for her. It made her bigger star. I thought you were going to go with Milk Money. Milk Money? <laughs> Get out of here. Well, you know, just quickly, this movie was originally rated R. And they had to fight and have it appealed to get a PG rating for it. Why would it have been? Uh, wait, it's PG. Right. It went from R to PG? Yes, they appealed the R rating and got it and, and was changed and to PG. And it jumped PG-13 there was down no P- to PG? There was no PG-13 at oh, that time. Oh, I see. Yeah. I see. Yeah, okay. It would have been PG-13, but no no PG-13. I see. So this was one of those movies that helped usher in the PG-13 rating, probably. Correct. Yeah. Yes. All right, there you go, Roxanne. Check it out if you haven't seen it. If you have, watch it again. It's great. Johnny, yes, uh, I'll buddy. see you on the Jazz Playoff Overtime Show. I'm excited. Jazz Playoffs, let's go Jazz. Take note, we've got a new show. Well, a new, a new old show coming back to the airwaves. That's right. Call what? in, 855-340-ZONE. After every Jazz game, let us know what you thought of the game. We'll tell you why you're better than us and you're right and we're wrong. <laughs> He's Johnny Lightfoot. I'm Austin Horton. Until yeah. then, we'll be back at some point soon during the Jazz playoff run for another edition of The Movie Zone.